Welcome to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. Thank you for listening. And now, here's the Sunday's message. So many, many years ago, it was Christmas Eve, and the typical chaos, right? There was cars everywhere in the parking lot, people everywhere in the church, and the carols were being sung. It was minutes before Mass. I'm rushing through the foyer late, as usual, and this young couple, they stopped me. And I recognized them, this, this young, I'd, I'd met them a couple of times over the last number of months. They were just kind of new to the church. I was trying to encourage them to try Alpha, and... Uh, and this, she was just beaming with joy because he had just proposed. And she asked, Father, will you bless my engagement ring? And so, of course, I stopped and, and I, I said a quick prayer. And, and as I was concluding this simple prayer, as if on cue, they turned to each other and they exchanged this fairly involved kiss. If you know what I mean. It was like I had said, you may kiss the bride, right? And there was dozens of people everywhere that witnessed the whole thing. And, and you know, I was feeling awkward already. I, but luckily, I was, I was running like I said. I just rushed off to go get vested for Mass. But I was thinking to myself, what just happened there, right? Because here's this situation where uh, I know these people. They're fairly early on the faith journey, which is great. We want to be a church where anybody can come and, and journey with us. But also, as is the case for so many couples today, I'm pretty sure they were cohabiting. They were living together as if they were already married. And so this prayer kind of felt like it turned into a pseudo-ritual and a kind of endorsement of their situation. And I felt a bit uncomfortable about that. And yet, here they were taking this step, getting engaged on the journey, and, and I was really excited for them, except if memory serves, I don't think they ever came back to get married here. Now, who knows what happened? They might have gone somewhere else. But I was just reflecting on that whole situation because it caught me off guard, and it left me feeling both uncomfortable and confused. And perhaps there are some of you who are feeling uncomfortable and confused about a recent declaration that came out from the Vatican with regards to blessings. And so uh, I'm just going to be preaching on that and a few kind of disclaimers up front. This might feel a bit different from a typical homily here at St. Benedict, and especially note that if there's any guests here. Uh, It's also, I, I just feel like it's so important as your pastor for me to bring clarity into a situation that's been quite confusing. And it's, it's in, kind of like a part two to the message Father Isaac gave this, this past weekend, Holy Family. And if you didn't get to hear his message, it's, it's a hard message, but a very important one. You can go to, to YouTube uh, to, to watch it. And maybe you need to re-watch these messages a few times to really digest what's being said. I've been trying to understand this whole thing. And it, to be honest with you, it's confusing. I'm not an expert But I know it's very sensitive, this topic. And there's people here in our church who, some who are living together, some who are divorced and remarried. There's some who find themselves with same-sex attraction, and maybe even some who are in a same-sex relationship. And I just want to acknowledge that up front and say, you are welcome. And I'm trying my utmost to find the words to communicate charity 
as well as clarity. And so, here we go. Uh, two weeks ago, there was this declaration from the Vatican called Fiducia Supplicans, and uh, it's, it was, the English title is On the Pastoral Meaning of Blessings. It was produced by what's called the, the DDF, the Dicastery of the Doctrine of the Faith, formerly the CDF, the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith. If, if any of you are church nerds, uh, there was this, I don't know why they changed the name. Anyways, the prefect, the head of it, Cardinal Fernandez, he was uh, overseeing the whole thing. And, and the DDF, so that, just think of the Vatican having all these different dicasteries. They're kind of like departments. So this one is responsible for safeguarding and promoting doctrine pertaining to faith and morals. So what we believe and how we behave. And, and uh, there's a whole process. These things don't just fall from the sky. There's a process. They consult experts. Uh, they, they look to scripture. They look at previous church documents to build upon them. And, uh, and ultimately, the Pope has to review it and sign off on it. Now, within an hour of this being published, every single news agency around the world, CBC, CNN, BBC, New York Times, Washington Post, Al Jazeera, all of them had headlines to the effect of Pope Francis approves blessing of same-sex couples. And there's been tons of confusion ever since. And I just wonder to myself, how many people have actually read the document? It's 10 pages. I read it slowly. It took me about half an hour. I've read it twice, actually. Uh, you can just Google it yourself. Just look up Vatican.va and the title of the document. And I just want to say as well, from the, from the outset, there's nothing in this declaration that changes the church's teaching on marriage. And yet so many people, they're reading headlines, they're interpreting it as they, they wish in different directions, and it's led to all kinds of confusion. And we live in a world that is so deeply divided, so polarized, and, and, I, and I feel like this confusion is leading to even more division. And, and even worse is that within the church, there is so much confusion and division. Bishops in Germany are mandating that priests bless same-sex couples, There's, uh, and they're even developing liturgical rites to do so, which, which goes far beyond what this document permits. There's bishops in Africa who are forbidding the blessing of any same-sex couples. The Ukrainian Catholics are saying, you know what, we're not going to have anything to do with this. The Orthodox are like, wow, this is creating an even greater divide between Catholics and, and, and our church. There's some who are praising Pope Francis for his courage, others who are accusing him of being the anti-pope, which, by the way, is a very dangerous position to hold if you're going to claim to be Catholic. So I would just caution us all. I'm not pointing the finger. I'm not assuming any motives, but my heart breaks for the church. I love the church. And I just wonder how Jesus feels right now. The pain of division. Here, the church, not, not merely an organization, but an organism, a living organism that is made up of not just Ro people in Rome, but yes, people in Rome, but also members. Every single person who is baptized is part of this living body that is, that is hurting right now and divided. So if confusion leads to division, I want to try to bring clarity for the sake 
of unity. So what does the declaration actually say? I think the first clue is right in the title, on the pastoral meaning of blessing. So it's trying to explain and, and develop the term blessing. What is a blessing? And there's two basic kinds. There's descending and ascending blessings. A descending blessing is when we call upon God, ask him to, to shower down his help upon us. And so, for example, our first reading today, Numbers chapter 6, is one of the oldest and most beautiful priestly blessings that we find in the Old Testament. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So beautiful. Now an ascending blessing is when we offer our thanks and our praise back up to God for his many gifts to us. And there's so many examples from the Psalms, but here's, here's one, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So we need both descending and ascending blessings in our lives all the time. Now there's another distinction that the document makes, and it, relate, it relates to the formality of a blessing. So there are what are called liturgical blessings, so usually a priest or a deacon, within the context of a, of a sacrament or, or the mass or, or some other kind of more formal written prayer, they offer a blessing. And then there are what are called simple blessings. And this is, anytime somebody asks for prayer, we can pray with them. And in recent months, I've blessed people who are sick. I've blessed Hindus. I blessed a person who is struggling with gender dysphoria. Like, I bless people all the time, and, uh, and I love it. And in fact, uh, we are called to pray for people always. And I do literally mean we, not just priests, but laity as well. In fact, here at St. Benedict Parish, we've been doing this for years. We've been trying to foster a culture of simple blessings, right? If you think about it, after Mass, we have prayer teams where people will pray over other people. We have, uh, on our Alpha weekends, we have, we have prayer teams at Proclaim Nights. Sometimes this happens. At parish missions occasionally, the staff pray with each other all the time. Parents Bless your children. Grandparents, get in on some of that action. Husbands and wives, you should be blessing each other every day. Why not take a few minutes and pray over each other? I mean, any time I see parishioners who pause to pray with others, it warms my heart. May that increase. May there be more and more blessings going on here at our church. Now, when you get to section three of four, this is perhaps uh, the part of the declaration that's causing the most confusion and division. So the subtitle is Blessing of Couples in Irregular Situations and Couples of the Same Sex. Now there's some technical terms here, and, and I think sometimes we hear language and we can be offended by it. And, and I just want to say that's not the intention. I think it's almost like like legal language, trying to be precise. And so uh, I want to explain a few of these terms. First, irregular situations. Uh, these, a few examples would be, as I mentioned before, cohabiting. So people who are living together, but who have not yet made that public commitment that's lifelong to, to be married. 
before God. Or those who are divorced and remarried, uh, where there's this presumption that there is still a, a real marriage bond from that first relationship until it's demonstrated otherwise through the annulment process. And so uh, what, what happens in both of these cases is, and again, this language might feel weird, but there's a way for an irregular situation to be regularized, right? Either by a cohabiting couple, get married, or, or a divorced and remarried couple to, to enter into the annulment process. Now there's another category that's being referred to, and this is couples of the same sex. And here's where there's this call to be gentle and kind, to, to even recognize and, and honor that there's goodness. There's, there's, there can be authentic caring and friendship. There can even be sacrificial love that exists between this couple. And yet, uh, this union cannot become a marriage. And we can't confuse it with that. And right from the beginning of the document, and it's repeated uh, throughout, but paragraph four, it says this. Rites and prayers that could create confusion between what constitutes a marriage, and here's the definition, an exclusive, stable, and indissoluble union between a man and woman naturally open to the generation of children, and what contradicts it are inadmissible. So in other words, the document goes on to clarify, priests cannot bless in the context of a liturgy or in connection to a civil union or while wearing liturgical vestments that would be worn during a wedding. And in fact, this picture in the background, I chose deliberately a priest uh, from Germany, I think that's from 2021, who is doing something that, that is confusing. And so the declaration is, is being clear. We cannot uh, offer liturgical blessings uh, we, just like we can't offer sacraments like, like communion to those couples who are in irregular situations or couples of the same sex, but, but we can offer simple blessings, and we should, actually, because a simple blessing means to pray with somebody. And uh, you might be surprised to hear this, but the Vatican never consulted me before publishing this thing. I know it's shocking, right? <laughs> if they had, I would have said, don't use the word blessing, it's confusing. Just say, hey, we should be praying with each other a lot because we need God's prayers, we need his help. And in fact, I've been praying with people for years and years and years, and I'm gonna continue to do so, and now I have permission to do so, so great. <laughs> I wanna get really practical. Father Isaac, Father Dan and I, you know, we'd be happy to meet with anyone and any couple, and really take the time to, to have a conversation, dialogue, to listen, to share, to pray, to pray with you. And, and, and yet, I, I should say, probably, it's not just like a quick thing in the foyer after mass, you know, for one, we're probably gonna be in liturgical vestments, so that's not permitted, but also I think this kind of a sensitive conversation and prayer requires space and time uh, to do it well. I wanna shine a light on two more things that I read in the document that came up, these themes came up over and over again, uh, and these are, uh, these are my paraphrases of them, but I, I think they're accurate nonetheless. And the first is this, and I kind of refer to this as the, the Catholic both-and. 
It's that anytime someone or a couple is requesting a blessing, there's this yearning, this question at the, the depth of their heart that is crying out and asking, does, does God love me as I am? And to that, I want to answer a resounding and emphatic yes. God loves you. And in fact, uh, when, I, when I read Numbers chapter 6, this blessing, it's being offered to the children of Israel. And the whole point is that God wants to bless his children. We are all children, and we need to know that, that more central than even our sexuality or choices we've made is that we are sons and daughters of God the Father who loves us. And we need to be reminded of that over and over again that, that we are loved. And if you have some time for me to tell you how much God loves you and to pray with you, there's nothing I would rather do, honestly. And, both and, this document over and over again says, and this is my language, but that we're called to take baby steps towards greater conformity with God's will. That we're on a journey it's not a static thing that we just kind of accept that people are where they are and we just leave them there. No, we're invited to take steps forward. And here's one example of that paragraph, chapter 20, it says, to seek a blessing in the church is to acknowledge that the life of the church springs from the womb of God's mercy and helps us to move forward, to live better, and respond to the Lord's will, to move forward, to live better, to respond to the Lord's will. And I, I think of one simple example, the, the story of the prodigal son, this, this son who goes off and lives this sinful life, uh, he never stopped being a son. The father never stopped loving him. I'm sure the father wanted to bless him, but the son wasn't able to step into the fullness of receiving that blessing until he changed and he came back home to the father. And that's what everyone is invited to. Now at St. Benedict's, we want to be the kind of church that lives right in the middle of this tension of the Catholic both and, that both you are loved and you're called to more. You're called to keep taking steps forward on the journey. We want to be caring. We want to be clear. We, 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 we say yes to all of that. And, and in fact, this whole being called to more, like, this applies to me. <laughs> just so you know, like, I'm a work in progress. I don't know if that's obvious to you guys or not, but I've got so many more steps ahead of me, it's embarrassing. You know, I need God's blessing every step of the way, and we all do. We all do. Now, it's customary in church documents to give a final nod to Mother Mary, and on this solemnity of Mary, the mother of God, Mary, the mother of the church, I want to do just that. You know, two weeks ago, I was actually, it was Monday, it was my day off, I was up at a cottage uh, with a brother priest trying to, trying to get a, in a little bit of calm before the chaos of Christmas. And in the middle of that, that time of rest, I get this text message, did you hear what Pope Francis said? And so I, I, I googled Pope Francis, I saw all the headlines, uh, I hadn't read the document, but I was confused and, and, and I feared that this would lead to greater division in the church, and, and it has. And I was just kind of stirred up. I just said, I'm going to go for a long walk. Now, it happened to be the day there was like heavy, heavy wind and heavy rain. So I just, you know, went for a stroll in the middle of a tropical storm. 
And uh, I grabbed my rosary beads. And I prayed the rosary. This is something I try to pray the rosary every day. And I turned to Mary, my, my spiritual mother, when I'm confused, when I'm frustrated and angry, which is more often than I'd care to admit, when, there, when I'm facing something that's bigger than me that I can't comprehend or I can't fix, I, I pray to Mary for her intercession, and very often it leads to peace. And so I, I was gone for about an hour, you know, walking and praying and walking and praying. I get back to the cottage, and the other priest is there. He had, in that time, he had cleaned the cottage top to bottom, tidied up everything, spick and span. We all have different coping mechanisms, Right? But he had also prayed a rosary during that time. And I was just struck, you know, that both of us would turn to Mary, seeking her intercession in this time of need. You know, the Catechism says that the church is one holy, Catholic, and apostolic. The first mark of the church is that she is one. That unity should be the beginning. And in a time of unity and division, if you don't know what to think, don't jump to conclusions. Don't, don't go to the extremes at either end of the spectrum. Let's, let's run to Mary, our mother, who, like a good mother, she wants to keep the church together. And so let's pray for her that we would be united so that we can also be holy. We can be a universal church that goes on mission for the world. Mary, we need you. We need your intercession. Let's pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Thank you for listening to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe and share this with a friend. God bless and have a great week.